you cannot always believe the things that you think, even though it's you thinking them. (laughs) You can make up these stories from the negative feelings that you're having. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it just leads you into this well, down a rabbit hole. Completely. Yes. So it's like you if you're going to constantly believe yourself, <laughs> you got to come clean with your own self. So that takes a lot of, you know, just honesty in general. So if you don't walk around with the lies in your head, then it's a little bit easier to say, don't believe what you think. But if you're like, if you're a normal person, you're probably walking around with some lies in your head. So just challenge yourself when it comes to the things that you're thinking. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Normalize This, the show where we discuss whether or not ideas, trends, and behaviors should be normalized in everyday society. My name is Adam Rippon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like, mm-hmm. And I'm Danielle Young. <laughs> yes, she is. Mm-hmm. Feeling sassy today. <laughs> the sun is well, shining good. in LA, which is <laughs> apparently very rare. Well, now it feels rare. God, it feels like we haven't had a really bright, sunny day in a really long time. No, like I feel like I'm on vacation the way I'm supposed to feel all the time. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Well, you know, that it's kind of ties into our episode because today we're going to discuss coming clean, which is happening to the weather here. The weather better come clean. But, you know, coming clean automatically makes me feel guilty. Like, did I do something? A hundred percent. It's a.k.a. accountability. Which really, it it puts a lump in my throat. I know. I don't want to be accountable. I really don't. I think people have this view of me. That you are? (laughs) Amazing view that I'm very just like, I have it all together. I'm Oprah 2.0. Y'all, I don't do well with accountability or coming clean. It just, oh, chat. Yeah, I know. I mean, the only coming clean I like is the Hillary Duff song, if I'm being honest. (laughs) I don't even know that song. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's white culture. You should really you should study up. Can you please learn a little bit of my culture? Let me get into before... it. Listen, I've loved Hillary Duff since Lizzie McGuire, but then after that, I was done with her. So I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't realize. Well, when she was done with Lizzie, you were there done with more. her, which I think is fair. <laughs> it's so fair. But make sure y'all are sticking around throughout the show, not just for me and Adam's hilarious banter, but mm-hmm. later we have a game. Called keep it, keep it or curb it. That's where me and Adam decide what we love and what what we want to hold dear and near to us, like Mm -hmm. a Fabergé egg, exactly like that. Yes, or what we hate and Mm -hmm. want to throw out side, like not in a bag, not in a bin, just straight to the raw dog to the raw dogging it on the curb. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Before all of that. Yeah. Fun fact Before time. Okay. Adam, please tell me you have a fun fact. I actually was trying to think of some kind of fact toyed about me, a factoid. How about this? This is actually a fact. I did not get my driver's license until I was 22. Oh. Okay. That's kind of fun. 
<laughs> okay. Didn't get my driver's license till I was 22. Okay, that I'll explain. That is a long time for some people, but I found, like, in big cities. Yeah. But that is not shocking for a lot of folks. Like, there's still people that live in New York who are 60 years old without driver's licenses. So right. I think it just depends on where you live. Like, me growing up in North Carolina, that is a large gasp. <laughs> Yeah, it's a gap because I'm from Pennsylvania. But when I was like, you know, the years when you would get a driver's license, I was living in the big city of Hackensack, New Jersey. So obviously I was walking everywhere. Yeah. The big city. When they say the big apple, my mind goes Hackensack. (laughs) I mean, it is right there. Uh, It's a hop step and a Hackensack away. Yeah, it is. And before I had my driver's license, Danielle, I do want you to know that I failed the permit test, the written permit test twice. Well, that joint's not easy. No, it's not. It's actually it's actually very hard. It's really tough. And then the driving part is even tougher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you have to drive well. Yeah. I think I might have gotten my license in the around the same age range because I took the driver's test and all that very early. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the course, we had a, a course that you could sign up for in school and take like after, it was like after school driving course and then you can do the road test and all of that to get your permit. I did that as, as soon as I could. I want to say like 14, 16, somewhere Damn. around there. Yeah, North Carolina, you could get your permit at like 14 or 15. But with the permit, you have to always be driving with an adult. Right. And then you have that for like a year. I might be like flubbing all of this, but I'm from memory. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. But I think you have it for like a year and then you can get your license, but you have to have insurance to get the license. Mm-hmm. And so growing up poor, that just none of that made sense. I just I was like, well, how am I supposed to pay for <laughs> who's right. going to do this? So I had to wait until I had like a job in college before I could right. get all of that, which is crazy. I'm like, wait, you might not. Yeah, but I mean. That. How is a 14-year-old going to pay for their own insurance? Yeah, that's what. But usually your parents will add you on kind of thing. But like it was yeah. going to cost too much for my mom and her insurance. It was a lot. It was a lot of red tape. I don't even know how I got through it to get my license. Yeah. But I do remember when I was when I had my permit, my mom would let me drive her car up the street to our landlord's house to pay the rent every month. Oh, wow. And so I felt like I could not wait until the first of the month. <laughs> you were the only one in the house waiting until the rent. It's, it's just like, girl, you got that check. Let me go. <laughs> let me go to Georgia's house. <laughs> and it was literally like three houses, maybe more because, you know, country life mm-hmm. down. But like two minute drive. And my mom Still. would trust me to to back down the driveway. And to go. I was like, oh, my God, I'm living a life. I know. I remember when I first started to drive. I So my mom tried to teach me and eventually like I just took the test because I was in my 20s. So I didn't need to have like driver's ed at right. that point. So I had only driven a handful of times. See, no, when I, took I needed the, the test. ed. <laughs> I, I mean, I really did need the ed because what ended up happening was that like I had only driven a few times. I had my license and then all of a sudden it was like, OK, here we go. And I kind of learned how to drive. <laughs> After I had a license, because then I would just be driving. <laughs> That's scary. I mean, it teenagers is, driving way. is like the worst. Like we oh, always yeah. had so many car accidents and just bad news bears every year when it came to like driving. Because mm-hmm. I re- like, oh my God, I'm like, it's about to get sad because I just had a sad memory 
of um, in driver's ed, when you get to the driving part, they pair you with someone who lives near you so that you both are doing the driving, uh, the driving lessons at the same time. Right. Okay. And so, yeah. And so I remember the guy that they linked me with, he was like a, a little nerdy, quiet guy, but like just kept to himself. But lo and behold, this guy died in oh, a car no. accident. <gasps> like after uh, you know, after you know, after we got our permits and everything. Yeah. Oh, that While is. While I was sad. still in school, yeah, and I was just like, oh my god, that's the guy I did the the driving thing with. Like I spent the whole like two weeks with him driving. Oh no. Yeah, it was so sad. That is so sad. I know. I wish I remembered his name. So, I, but rest in peace. It's been yeah. like so long. But rest in peace. Oh no. I know. I mean, I've I've luckily only been in one very minor fender bender in my whole life. Really? And how did I get into this fender bender? After well, one minute of driving, that's the only. <laughs> yes. And then I was terrified to ever get into <laughs> I don't like another think I've accident. Ever been in an actual accident? It would te- it would terrify me. Oh, it's it's the worst. It's it's so scary. It's so awful. Yeah. I mean, so what happened was like I was pulling off of the highway. This is when I lived in Lake Michigan. So I pulled off the highway and I was trying to get to DSW because I wanted to buy like a little Sport sack coin purse. Needed it. <laughs> I needed it. And I knew that they were on sale. And so I went and I got into the lane to like turn left. And then there was this woman behind me and she hit the back of me and Ugh. I stand and I stand by she went I didn't see you you came out of nowhere but I was already like fully you in were the there lane. yes and so she hit me like straight straight on <sighs> in the back and nothing happened to either of our cars thank god yeah but she still wanted to call the police and I'm like okay I'm like all I wanted was a La Sport sack did you get your La Sport set no, I was so I had my tail between my legs and I was so scared to drive. I was like, I'm never going to DSW again. Still haven't <laughs> Ever, been. To this day, have not yeah. been back to DSW. No, not going. Well, Adam, I will say that it didn't start off that fun, but it got there. No, it did. We, I, I had to turn it around. You right? did. I we did, laughed. We cried. It. We mourned. Yes. Uh, do you have a fun fact for me? I feel like that was mine. I jumped in on yours, but <laughs> no, I actually kind of love that. My fact was a real fact that you could join in on. On yeah, because usually you're like, I'm drinking share. this sugar-free energy drink, and I'm like, okay, yeah, and you're like, okay, here we go. Let me let me hook up this caboose <laughs> and drag it across the finish line. But literally, I did yeah, I did it today. You did I'm proud it today. Of me. I'm, proud. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of all of us. Let me see. What is a good fun fact? I don't know how fun this is. Okay. What were you about to say? My favorite part about your fun fact is that you you were driving a car at 14. I know, right? I felt like such a baddie. <laughs> yeah. All the yeah, kids I mean, were driving. Are. And then, you know, the kids that parents had the money to add them to insurance and stuff, they were like legitimately driving by 16 That's without scary. an adult. That's I not, know. No, no, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Like, I really, I promise you, we had car accidents literally every year. Oh, I mean, how could you not with a 16 year? I don't understand. Like, I understand that a 16 year old should like learn how to drive, but I don't think teenagers should have. Mm, I think until you're 18, no rights. 
<laughs> and that includes driving. Sorry. I agree. Like, sit yeah. your teenage butt down and shut relax. up and relax. Yeah. Like, you relax. have nothing going on for yourself except the friends that you pull into your life. 100%. Everything else is so trivial. Your knees yeah. work perfectly fine. Shut up. <laughs> you go right to the knees. <laughs> because I miss those knees. They were so good. <laughs> <laughs> this lubricated teenage knees. Oh my knees. goodness! The the yeah, amount of times really well. that you could just get up and sit down and get up and sit down. Oh yeah, without having to think about it. Oh, countless. Do you know how much you I were, have to think you were about thinking it these days? about it? Yeah, no, I, I literally have to like ponder. Like, do I want to get on the floor with Rigatoni? Right, I'm is have it to worth get up. it? <laughs> right. No, there's a lot to think about when it comes so, to knee health. You know, I wish people would have told me. I think they tried to tell us back then. They did. People did say things about the knees. You're going to be old knees. one day. You'll see. Right. <laughs> I don't like, want to see. No, I'm not. I'm going to take care of my body and look at right. me. Now. <laughs> now, here we go. No Lacking ligaments. cartilage. Right. <laughs> <sighs> but that's my fun fact. My cartilage. No, it's doing It's doing pretty okay. Um, Let me think. I think I, I wanted to go into like, the episode, the thematics of coming clean and like mm-hmm. just think of a fun fact around myself having come clean, but I can't think of anything. And I feel like I'm going to have to drag it out for the episode. So because <laughs> I know I've I've avoided coming clean my whole life. Yeah, let's uh, let's should we dig into it then? Should yeah, we go right I feel into like it? It's fun. it's fun knowing that I was driving my mom's car at 14 to go pay. The I rent. think that's very fun. <laughs> And I got, I feel like I got a little greedy asking for a second fun fact. I know. So I think and this I was is like, on Ugh. me. Yeah. Right. I don't think that you need to feel any sort of way. This is on me. I'm taking, I'm going to take responsibility take for it, that. Take accountability for yourself. I'm going to come clean and go, I pushed Danielle into a corner so and I shouldn't have done far. that. <laughs> don't put baby in a corner. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm uh, trying to take her out. So first of all, coming clean. Yeah, let's go. A.K.A. confessing, A.K.A. holding yourself accountable, taking responsibility, mm-hmm. all of those things. Uh, it sounds like adulting. Yeah. What do you consider it coming clean? Like, what what is your, your first inclination when you hear that? I guess when I think of somebody coming clean, I think of a situation where maybe they aren't proud of their own actions. And now those actions or whatever, there are repercussions to it. And it's a moment where they need to kind of confess a wrongdoing. Mm. What do you think? Is that what you think? Or do do you think think that? Yeah, I think there's some part of it that feels like you're harboring, like, you know, you're, you're, you're. Mm -hmm holding on to something and it's internal it's like you know what i mean like you know those stories that you make up if somebody doesn't text you back quick and like that internal conflict that internal dialogue with yourself Mm -hmm. people don't even know it's going on half the time and you're just like oh my god i need to just like i need to be honest about this thing so i think it's like it feels like a uh like you're tethered to something. That's a better way of explaining it. Cause I think that there's definitely different tiers of like, what does coming clean? I think sometimes it's yeah. just, it's like a little bit more honesty focused, right? It's like, it you, is, maybe you're feeling yes. a sort of way, or maybe like you've avoided something in your own mind, even if it just comes to you, but that coming clean is just kind of being honest. Yes, it is being honest. I think it's so many like, entertainment like tv shows that i thought of when 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 mulling over this topic of coming clean you know those shows where like 
the main character has something going on mm-hmm. that is just unsavory. First right. one I'm thinking of is like Nurse Jackie or mm-hmm. Dexter. Like yes. <laughs> they know that they're doing something, aka killing people or taking mad drugs as a nurse. And mm-hmm. it the like every episode it like stresses me out how how much thin ice they're on. It's like yeah. the, it's all gonna come crumbling down at some point. Somebody's gonna pull a string and it's and they're gonna figure it out. Like, oh my god, like dead to me with Christina Applegate. Oh yeah. That you know that one? So Dead to Me, and so my husband was watching Dead to Me, and then he was watching you on Netflix. Oh, those are good. And they were so good. And I feel like you is a little bit more graphic, and Dead to Me is supposed to be more fun. Yeah. Dead to Me made me way more stressed out. It's so stressful. Like that's what coming clean feels like to me. Like those shows. Oh my god, yes. That have the protagonist that has something going on. We know. But, like, their world doesn't know, and everybody in their world keeps chipping away at it without, like, knowing that that's what they're doing. Oh, yeah. And it just makes it me squirm. Me. Yeah. I hate <laughs> that. It was so... Un- I actually couldn't watch it. I'd have to, like, just kind of, like, peek in and out just because I wanted to know the main things that were happening, but I was way things too stressed out. Things just keep happening. People just keep getting way too close to the problem or to the yeah. thing that they're trying to hide. I think, you know... You have to lie around, oh, yeah. like, you know, trying to keep yourself from coming clean or trying to keep your keep your secret in or whatever. It's and The lying can seem, like, innocent. It could seem like, oh, I'm just trying to, like, keep people from knowing this thing. Right. But, like, it just keeps building and building, and it makes it worse. Yeah. And I feel like the lying starts from this fear of wanting to disappoint somebody or fear of wanting to disappoint yourself. And so it's like almost this automatic coping mechanism that like that's the first reaction that you have is to like cover this up. Right. And ignore it. And then that's, I think, what makes it worse. It does. Because it just like, well, what is the, what is it that's making you lie and and avoid it? What Mm -hmm. is keeping you away from being honest? And this may be shame. It may be like, like you said, you just don't want to hurt someone or like, you know, strain the relationship or whatever it is. But like carrying that stuff around, like I keep referring back to these shows because it's like I can, I know like as a human, people can identify with that, carrying these things around that they should just let go of or or come clean about. It just gets way too heavy. Mm hmm. And you're just like, I feel like I'm just like dragging this through the world and it's like messing up my own relationship with myself. Totally. But it's so easy for us to like lie our way out of things or avoid our way out of things. It feels easier, right? It is, right? In the moment, it may be. Totally, yeah. But it's not good. No, I mean, I no, it's not good. And I know like in my own life, there are some things that I do like coping mechanisms and like stuff like that. The scientific terms of coping (laughs) mechanisms and something like that. Yes. You know, if something's bothering me, I don't talk about it and I just kind of like keep it in, which is never good. And what ends up happening is like, I feel like I kind of shut down a little bit. And my husband is always like, what's going on? And I'm so used to just like shutting it down. Then I'm like, nothing. And he's like, you're just like not 
here. You're like not present. Right. And I've had to learn that like I need to come clean about how I'm actually feeling about something. And I need to like express that. I need to let that go because it builds up and it feels heavy. And I feel like more anxiety. I feel more stressed out if I don't let out whatever these thoughts or feelings are. And so, I mean, I have moments of that, like every so often of needing to come clean about like my own emotions. I agree with that for myself. I th- I just, I have a very hard time with expressing myself. So even if I'm not even trying to hold something in or not, you know, I, I still have a hard time expressing it. So I'd much rather mm-hmm. say nothing. Only totally. I'm good, you know, and knowing that I'm not, but I just, because I don't know how to express it or to communicate what's happening, I just, I don't know, maybe I'm uncomfortable. I don't know, but I just don't address it. Yeah. Which could be more frustrating because then it literally looks like I'm trying to hide something. I'm so the same. I am so <laughs> the I'm same. I'm like, no, yeah. I just don't even know what to say about it. I know. I'm. That is so awful because it's. I'm very much the same. But on the flip side, I'm going to say, I think people who like come clean right away all the time, I love that for them. I'm scared of those people. Ah. <laughs> I'm scared of the just, people who are too in touch with themselves. Th- That's they crazy are in touch to me. with themselves and they're also just good, good people who just want their energy to be clean and clear. I, right. That is just really... Valiant. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, wow. Because we all have our little dirty, dirty laundry, our dirty little secrets and things like that. So it's not like you're just walking around here, the only person with skeletons in their closet and, and, and things to confess to. But it just sometimes it feels like that. I don't want to share. I don't want to. No. I don't know. I clams up. I so I'm a clamor. I'm clamoring cl- right now. I'm clamoring. 100% clam clam. Have yeah. you ever okay, like I'm trying to even think about for myself if there's anything that I needed to confess to. Mhm. The first thing that comes to my mind is like when I came out to my friends. Huh. Uh, that felt like something I needed to come clean about and I had to tell my friends that like I was gay. This is me coming out to the podcast. I'm sure, you know, I've said the word husband, but now you're putting it together. You go, <laughs> now oh, you're, he's now you're getting it. Yeah. And I think that that was a moment where I had to like come clean in a sense. It wasn't that I was like, you know, holding some ba- like information back, but it felt like it was something that was on my mind that I needed to share with other people. It was right. like I needed to be honest. And so when I finally had those like moments of clarity and coming clean to like the people who I was really close to, I did feel like a lot of weight was off of my shoulders. And that's the whole point, you know, like I think about Mm -hmm. confessionals, like how, you know, the the Catholics have a whole system set up for this. I don't really know any other religion that does have that set up. Mm -hmm. Then again, I don't know a lot about (laughs) religions, but growing up as a Christian, Pentecostal holiness, we didn't have a place to go to confess. Right. And I feel like I wonder if that would have been a lot more helpful as I age and and move through the world. No? Well, okay. Let me tell you, because it's a really weird experience. So like I grew up like going to church all the time and I 
received the sacrament of confession. And so it can be different for like every church, the setup. So some of them are like, you kneel at this like little kneeling bench thing. And there's like just this like screen. You can see through the screen. It's like the wicker of a chair. And so the priest is on the other side and it's like the priest that's at every mass. It's not an anonymous sort of thing. Like the priest is acting as God. Like he's speaking to you as God and he's going to help you like absolve your sins. And you have to like confess your sins to the priest, but you're like, I know this priest. So I'm going to tell you exactly what I did. You go in and you go, something, something, it's, it, this is my first confession. And this, the Monsignor or the priest is like, what are your sins? I'm like eight years old. I'm like, I'm not naming any of these sins because I don't know what they are. So I went, my sin is I'm sorry for everything I've ever done. And the priest was like, is there anything else? I go, no, I'm just sort of like everything. Any bad thing I've ever done, that's what I'm sorry for. Right. So he was like, say 10 Hail Marys. I'm going to tell you, Danielle, I didn't feel any better. <laughs> so, so, I mean, no. it's like, a, it's crazy because it's like, it's really set up for you to come in there and come clean. But I'm like, I'm still telling it to a person that is over there. A hundred percent. You think I was going to tell? I'm not tell- telling it to Jesus or to God. No. I'm telling I was not it to, telling it to, to another human. Yeah. I don't and know how listen, I feel. And then are people like lined up outside of the booth? Yes. You're, well, from I went to like a Catholic school. So it was like, I, I did this all with like classmates. And so, yes, it was like all of your classmates are just in a line. Right. Like, mm, no. Yeah, no. No. Not at all. If he wanted some gossip, he could talk to somebody else, but not. <laughs> not Adam. No. Well, have you been on the other side where somebody has had to come clean to you? Huh. Because I'm like, I don't think anybody's ever actually come clean to me about anything. No, I think there are some people who should have come clean to me about about things (laughs) that they didn't. You know, so I had I had this one friend. One really amazing thing about her is that if she does something that's like not nice or she says something that she doesn't mean, but like somebody would take in a bad way. She will go out of her way to like have a private conversation with that person and and apologize and like come clean and be like, you know what? What I said was wrong. I didn't mean it. And I'm sorry. And I so respect that, you know, every once in a while they should, you know, maybe just think about what they're going to say. But (laughs) I do really appreciate that if they say something where they put their foot in their mouth, they always take accountability for it. Mm. That's, I mean, listen, it's really a great quality. Because right. that's the type, it's just, it's honestly the type of person that just doesn't want to walk around carrying baggage. Right. And that Again, is a lot of healing. It is, but that scares me. But it's somebody scares who's afraid me. of baggage. <laughs> it scares me. No, because it's, so, it's, it's funny because I had a conversation with two of my girlfriends who had come to Palm Springs with me for my birthday. I had a group of a couple people out and honestly like I was date the person I was dating at the time they were the only person who I was honest with about how I felt about my birthday you know I was mm-hmm. I felt like you know way too many of my friends were complaining in a sense of like I'm bringing you on this like very real housewives trip you know to to right. relax relate release have a good time and you know you're complaining about 
minor things or whatever, accommodations or, and that got on my nerves. And, you know, especially because it's like, I'm going out of my way to do this and folks are just not happy with certain things. And mm-hmm. that's okay. But in the moment, I was just like, it irritated me. Totally. And then some other things had gone down and folks were like the the two of my girlfriends who I had conversation with, they hooked up with one of my other friends. And I was like, not that that's a bad thing. Do you? I, you know, I created the environment of fun, free and happy. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, when I talked to my partner at the time about it, I was irritated because of just, I think, Personally, I think I I might have been jealous that they were having yeah. that type of good sexually free time. Right. And um, one of the people that was involved, while they are my friend, like I have an attraction there. And mm-hmm. so I think maybe there was some hurt about that. Um, okay. And this is me coming clean in real time. Right. Um, no, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling like because I'm like, damn, like maybe I had maybe I had some feelings. And so <laughs> when we kind of casually were chatting about the birthday and we, you know, making jokes about certain things, you know, oh y'all was hooking up. And I was, you know, talking about how I just didn't have the best time and I wish I felt a lot more appreciated. And I wish that like I didn't feel my friends were complaining and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh-huh. they were both like, girl, why now? Like, it's been right. it's been months since your birthday, almost a year. <laughs> why now? Like, and I was just like, oh, well, we were just talking about it. And I just wanted to, like, share what my feelings were. And they understood, but they were both like, listen, we are your girls. If there's something going on and you feel a way, tell us. Right. We don't want you harboring negative feelings especially if it's about us mm-hmm. and i had to be like oh I my know. avoidant nature mm-hmm. the way that i don't want to be uncomfortable or even uh, address some of the feelings that i have caused me to have negative feelings towards my girlfriends mm-hmm. and that's possible to love people and to also be irritated with them at the same time obviously it's normal very yeah. normal But in this particular friendship, they helped me to see that, like, you're over here feeling a way about someone who you care about and you don't, you're not saying anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I could only imagine my friends feeling negative about me for something I did a year ago and just never saying anything to me. Like, you know, it just, so I was like, oh, I see the value in being honest. Mm-hmm. about what I feel, even though sometimes what I feel makes me feel ridiculous. I think that's the part that's so hard about being honest is because you reason that you're being unreasonable. And sometimes we are being unreasonable, but it makes you feel foolish that you're thinking this in the first place <laughs> when really sometimes when you just say it out loud, you're like, okay, now I'm actually over it now that I've said it. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, why did I even have to mention it? But Right. And all honesty, <laughs> you like in this particular situation, I really was walking around smiling in the face of my friends when I was feeling away. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's it's just not okay. It's it's technically like just lying out here. I know, but it's like you make it up in your own head, which yeah. is th- like that for me. I do the same thing. Like when I'm like, you do that. I'm talking to myself because <laughs> I make so much stuff up in my own head. 
it builds, it builds, and it escalates when finally I have to have that moment instead of just kind of addressing it then and there. Because like you said, not wanting to be uncomfortable, I avoid that that moment to just literally just be uncomfortable later. Just to stay uncomfortable throughout. Right. (laughs) It's like, damn, you could have a moment of it where you could just carry it around and be uncomfortable for years. Yeah. Nah, we need to. Okay, so if we're going to be normalizing coming clean. Yes, I would like to. Let's 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 give some folks some, I guess, some tips. Yeah. So that they can do that in their mm-hmm. lives even though so sometimes you we do don't <laughs> no when um, i'm asking how do you do that i'm i'm literally asking for notebook myself. in hand okay right. so i think one of the things is similar to what you were just saying the whole making up of the story and all that in your head mm-hmm. you cannot always believe the things that you think oh okay fine. even though it's you thinking them <laughs> Right. You can make up these stories from the negative feelings that you're having. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it just leads you into this down a rabbit hole. Completely. Yes. So it's like you if you're going to constantly believe yourself, (laughs) you got to be honest with your you got to come clean with your own self. So that takes a lot of, you know, just honesty in general. So. If you don't walk around with the lies in your head, then it's a little bit easier to say, don't believe what you think. But if you're like, if you're a normal person, you're probably walking around with some lies in your head. So just challenge yourself when it comes to the things that you're thinking. Totally. I think also like you should be really clear about why you're coming clean with yourself and, and make sure that like, if it's to really get something off of your chest, like don't be coming clean about just a part of it. Get it all yes. out there. Like if you're going to kind of egg yourself on to finally get it all out there, actually get it all out there. Don't hold, like don't hold anything don't back. Don't hold pieces of, your, of it. If you're going to do it, do it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When I say don't hold anything back, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm imagining somebody just going crazy off. And that's <laughs> not what I mean. But you know what I mean. And another thing. Um, right, exactly. <laughs> Me in my own mind. <laughs> Don't kitchen sink it. That's what that's what they call yeah. it in, in therapy. You know what you said in another episode, and I've been thinking about it nonstop. I'm gonna be totally honest. Oh, a bird bathing it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bird bath when you could take a whole shower. Okay. Oh my god, that's actually so true. That's Don't not bath getting it. clean. That's not clean. It's just a bird little bit. It's a clean it. enough. <laughs> oh my god. I've said it when it doesn't make any sense at least a thousand times since <laughs> we did that episode. Wow, like, oh, a culture icon bath? over here. <laughs> I love it so um, much. <laughs> More tips about coming clean. Mm -hmm. Honestly, this one kind of sucks, even though it is real. And that's expect to not be understood. Yeah. Like there may be a chance that the person does totally just don't even understand why you did what you did. There may be a chance you don't understand why you did what you did when you're trying to explain yourself and and the reasons behind your actions or non-actions. But Honestly, we can't expect the other person to fully understand us and our motivations and or our feelings or our feelings. And that's OK. But the point is that you're expressing it. Right. And I think that would be also the point for them. 
Exactly. I think like don't expect other people to give you clarity on a situation. Yeah. That it needs to really come from like if you're coming clean about something, it should be for the personal motivation of feeling better about something that you feel like you need to express. Yes, that is the motivator behind it. It's not just, oh, I need my friend back. Yeah, for sure. But it's it's more so about like just clearing the space. Totally. Than yes. it is about like resolving a friendship. Because sometimes like the person might be like, okay, I hear you. Thank you. But I'm still not, I don't like you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, well, I did that for our friendship. But if you go back to the ending friendships episode, you will know that sometimes it is tough to come back from a test in friendship. Yeah. Daniel, you know what? I have a question, mm-hmm. actually. What do you think that somebody should do if there's a situation where they feel like they need to come clean about something, but it, they know it will hurt the other person? Uh, why what would you, you ask me this? Because I trust you more than me. Because I'm going to tell you what I would do is not say something. Yeah, that's like, like I would I find really... a way to like help that person through something. Or if I knew, I mean, I don't even know. Like, I, I feel like I could think of some impossible situation. But I think that sometimes, or if you heard somebody say something about a friend of yours that's hurtful, like, what do you, what, do you come clean about? How do you come it clean about that without hurting con- that person's? Yeah, it yeah. depends on the context of it. Like, if someone's out here talking some shit about my friend mm-hmm. and I'm friends with them, then I'm looking at them and, and also saying to like, you know, that's my girl, right? Like why? Yeah, I'm right. going to say, I'm going to share this with her. Right. Like it's context. Yeah. Right? This is like one of those things like you, you don't say anything to anyone. You don't podcast. Yeah. Listen, you are like, I'm sweating. <laughs> you, I'm like, what would you do? You don't if? say anything to anyone. You don't want, one or two other people to know completely in general yes otherwise yeah you know you got to keep stuff to yourself but if you're saying something out of your mouth if other people are going to know even if you're telling the person one person not to say anything that person's gonna say something of course it's human nature it's, it's just human nature that one is a tough situation because I'm I want my friend to know that someone is out here saying this thing to them but then also if it if there's no payoff for it at all like it doesn't change their lives to know this or, you know, it doesn't affect their, their well-being, their, their job, whatever the case. Like, mm-hmm. I would rather omit than just to hurt someone with the truth. You know, it sounds like a situation where it's you want to come clean, you have a weight, but it's not the person like it's not the friend who was se- who something was said about you need to come clean to. It sounds like you need to have a moment with the person that said something. Yes. And the way that they talk about people that you're close to or people in general. Like it feels like you have that you have to have a moment with that person. Yeah. Because let me there's a scenario and I don't know if I actually mentioned it in the ending friendships. I think I avoided this one. But there was a friendship that I had developed with a person. And during the beginning of that friendship, they were like, oh, let me tell you this secret about me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Okay, interesting. The secret ended up not being that big of a secret to be like, to be honest, like people kind of knew, like, if you know, you know. Right. And a couple weeks later, this person came to me and was like, you know, that secret that I told you to hold dear and near to yourself. Well, it got back to me that you shared it. 
Now, uh-huh. I don't remember sharing that secret. Yeah. I do remember being in a place shortly after that secret was shared with me, and I shared kind of some details around it. Like, let's say the secret was that these two people were now dating. hmm I shared that these two people have called me because it was like a holiday. Oh, yeah, what are you doing over the holiday? Oh, these two people called me. That, to me, doesn't mean I shared the secret. No, I don't think so. But no. whoever that person is that I've said that to, oh, these people called me, that right. person took that to the original secret teller. Right. And it's said to the secret teller, oh, Danielle is out here sharing your business. Yeah. No, Thus making the secret teller come to me and be like, yo, why are you sharing my secret? I yeah. was dumbfounded. I didn't yeah, know what think- to say. I think people who are addicted to telling other people that people said something about them are unwell. Yeah, and that's what made me, because the secret teller was like, don't go on a witch hunt. It wasn't said in a way that made you a bad person. I still love you. I'm still your friend. I don't think it's in your character to be like this. And I was like, I hear all of that, but like, I feel gross because like you're thinking that I'm a person that's out here just spilling shit. Do you know what I yes, mean? Exactly. And, that, yes. and so now I'm looking at the other person who told you, because I could narrow it down to that person because it's the only person I said anything to. I'm looking at that person like, well, what kind of what kind of friend are you? Yeah. Are you just are you looking out for this other person because they're quote unquote high profile? Or mm-hmm. are you just being nasty to me? Yeah. Like, what was the point of them telling that other, per- the secret sharer, this, that I did that? What was the point? I mean, that sounds, I think the point was to be nasty to you. That's that, what that feels like. Yeah, because I just, I was like, dang, that really sucked that you went back to tell them that. Because there's no point to some of that, like, yeah, there's no point to that. Yeah, so it's like, like yeah, when you asked that question, I thought about that scenario and like, I would not have been just, unless... I was in that person's shoes who decided to do the sharing. Unless I was in there like, ooh, you would never know who is dating now. Right. Now that's all the 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 evidence you need to go to the secret teller. Mm-hmm. To be like, hey, girl, just so you know, homegirl is out here spilling tea. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I I never felt like coming clean from that situation myself because I don't I didn't think I did anything dirty. But I did come clean because I didn't want that person to think I was bad. Yes. So I technically kind of lied about the fact that I did share the secret. I think you're fine. I absolve you in this (laughs) situation. I'm going, just say five Hail Marys and it's fine. I'm saying my Hail Marys and I'm moving on. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness, Adam! What are we? <sighs> what are we normalizing about coming clean today? I think we're normalizing that you should take accountability for your feelings and your actions because if you release that energy, you're not carrying that weight around, Mm-mm. and carrying that weight is so exhausting. I got I enough. I don't want to be exhausted. I have no. I have enough. I have I'm enough. Too tired. I'm, I'm trying to lose some myself. I really like. I do not want to be carrying around any baggage that does not belong to me. So yes, to drop in the weight off my shoulders. I think we should also just normalize the 
absolute value in expressing ourselves early. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and not holding on and harboring feelings or making stories up because we never, you know, we didn't confront it immediately. So, yeah, do it for your future self. Do it now. That's a great thing to normalize. Do it for your future self. I t- Oh, my gosh. Outside of the coming clean, I try to tell myself that every day about everything. Like, set my future self up for a win. Because sometimes... Isn't it so much easier yeah. to do something for future you than present you? Yeah, because present means like... Ugh. Tired, but then future. Yeah, present me is so tired. It's carrying <laughs> so like, much baggage. <laughs> it's like I'm tired. So let let present you take a little bit of time of being accountable. Yeah, a hundred percent. You can it can benefit. Well, present me would really love to play my favorite part of this show which is keep it or curb it. Cha-cha-cha. <laughs> so for you first-timers, and if this is your first time, how dare you? welcome. Oh, and how, I mean... <laughs> how dare you? I cannot believe this. You know what? Better late than never. I'm glad you're here, though. We're happy you're here because this is a segment where we're going to take a look at new social trends and we're going to decide whether they're worth keeping or mm-hmm. they're worth curbing. Bye. Gotta go. Danielle, I'd love to start. I have a keeper curb for you. Oh, okay. Tell me. Okay. So what if 1.2 billion single people around the world wore a ring that said, I'm single, let's talk in real life? What do you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. You don't need to think about it because apparently pair ring and they are in Canadian e-commerce Shopify. Okay, oh, Canada, gotta um, love them. They think of everything: free healthcare and and Drake. And Drake. <laughs> and those are the two things that they're known for. So they came up with this alternative to engagement rings, and it's where individuals who are single will wear a green or a blue ring in real life to signify that they're single. And the mission is to encourage people to get off of dating apps and Ooh. actually meet someone in real life. Ooh, and they're nostalgic. calling this very. So they're calling it the world's biggest social experiment. So, Danielle, what do you think? Do Are we <sighs> keeping or curbing singles wearing a ring? I friggin' love it. I think this is great. I mean, it's just, I mean, I think it's kind of cool. I think it's great. You know, it's just like this thing I learned about freaky deaky people on vacation with pineapples. It means Wh- like what? <laughs> if you're on vacation somewhere, uh-huh. especially like cruise ships and, okay. and resorts, I'm and you see somebody wearing stuff. pineapples like on a like whether it's like, you know, those vacation button downs or like a pineapple dress, pineapple earrings, pineapple on their room door, like a little sticker or a magnet. Uh-huh. That is an indicator of you being down with the freaky deaky. Open what? for business. You and your partner are open to swang. Really? Yes. I found that out on vacation, actually. Wait. It's a it's We're- a it's a sign. I don't want to say worldwide, but I think it is because I did find it out while I was out of the country. And did you what did you see? Did you how many pineapples did you see? <laughs> I actually saw like two of them. Um, a woman had like a pineapple purse, and um, a man had on a a pineapple like a, a button down. 
Okay. And did you explore this at all? I didn't explore it. (laughs) (laughs) Did they signal otherwise? But I'm sure that they they sent out the vibes. But you know what the thing is? When you're on vacation, people be people be loose and, and ready to have a good time in general. Oh yeah. And so it's very easy to meet people and, and mingle with couples and all that. But there's this whole underbelly of just hookup culture and stuff like that that exists. So there's signals that people give. I'm sure there's a lot other ones out here in the world, but the pineapple one is one that I was made aware of. But I like the idea that you can you you can spot your people with the pineapple. So, yeah, I like that. And I like the ring. I too, like the it's idea like... of spotting your people with the ring. Yeah. Because, right. it, you know, as a single person uh, of a certain age, I've always like, you know, when I'm meeting people or when I'm out and about and I see something I like or whatever, you know, I'll be looking on the hand to see what yes. kind of situation is going on. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it informs me. So I think that having a ring informing me that somebody is single sign me up canada what's up yeah yeah come on pairing we're ready i mean yes. I, don't need, I don't need one but i do I'm, but danielle needs one i need and a couple of them we're ready to enter uh, danielle i'm ready to enter you into the social experiment please do canada call yeah. me what is what's up what do i gotta do right <laughs> <laughs> and then you I'm just gotta ready. wear jewelry i'm ready Okay, I'm keeping it. Keeping it. Good. Singles, put your rings on. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're talking about love and finding yeah. it, okay, I have a keep it or curb it for you, Adam. All right, I'm ready. So, residents in the city of love, Paris. Ah, Paris. You like how I did that? Yes, Tres I did. Chic, Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they voted to ban electric scooters from the French capital. Okay, good. I mean, hello, somebody. It don't even make sense there. Right. Almost 90% of those who turned out on Sunday (laughs) for the referendum voted for the ban. So in recent years, Paris introduced a variety of measures aimed at reducing the city's dependence on private cars and boosting the appeal of other modes of transportation. Mm -hmm. So between mid-2012 and mid-2022, there's been 33% drop in traffic on Paris's roads. Oh, wow. Right? Which is very impressive. Yes. But in a report last November, the French Academy of Medicine described e-scooters as a true public health problem Mm -hmm. and highlighted that electric scooter-related accidents are associated with a significant number of serious injuries. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think people could get in scooter accidents. Yeah, I guess so. Have you seen some of those people flying on those limes? (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is not shocking. I just, I've always been afraid of those scooters. I've never been on one. There's not enough protection anywhere, no. to be honest. Uh-uh. So these injuries have rose nearly a third to 516 accidents, resulting in three deaths. Oh, God. Barcelona has also been an early champion of this banning, partially banning them since 2016. Okay. Because these scooters, they, listen, like you said, they just be zooming and booming all over the place. And we definitely see them here in Los Angeles. And people already can't drive in this city. So I don't even know what our numbers are when it comes to these scooter accidents. I'm sure they are not great. So I'm asking you, Adam. Yes. Are we leaving the sidewalks empty of scooters? Uh Uh-huh. Or are we 
bringing them back in and then letting people scoot and boot all over the the Paris, the city of love. Okay, so here's my relationship to like the, these electric scooters is like you'll be driving on like the 110 and all of a sudden on the side of the road, you'll see a line. And I'm like, <laughs> how did it get there? And when did this person realize I shouldn't be on the 110 on a line? <laughs> Real. I think that these were really well intended, but like the only time I ever think of people using these electric scooters is like they're inebriated and they're like in a place where they shouldn't be behind any sort of electric anything. And But that's the time they go, I should rent a bird. I should, <laughs> I should be a bird. I need my scooter now. So I want to say curb, but I don't want these on the curb. So I want these gone. Get them out of here. In a pit of fire. Right. Give us go-karts or something else. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) At least the roof is like a helmet. Right. right? Give me something that I can feel protected in. Curb. Uh, Well, listen, Danielle, I'm really happy with the conversation we had about coming clean because I feel like I actually have clarity on like what that means. And maybe I've been carrying some weight around. Right. Mm. Maybe I don't know. How do your shoulders feel? Not heavy, as usual. (laughs) Weighted down. (laughs) Heavy and weighted down. Listen, I'm Uh here to take all those dirty little secrets off of your shoulders. Thank you. Come clean. Come into my confessional. I will. And I will say my five Hail Marys and everything will be all good. I'm going to douse you in holy water. Thank you. I'm ready for that. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. As usual, Danielle and I have so much fun recording this. so much fun. We have so much fun. So make sure that you rate, comment, and subscribe Mm -hmm. wherever you listen to podcasts. You can reach out to us on social media and tell us what you want to see normalized. And they totally do. They love us. Yes, they do. And we love, I love, love, love hearing and using your normalization ideas. Yes. Yes. Honestly, a lot of your ideas, well, all of your ideas are show ideas now. And sometimes I screenshot, <laughs> sometimes uh-huh. I screenshot your DMs and I share them to my page. <laughs> right. So we, we literally do what we said, what was our nightmare? We do. So first of all, thank you. And we love you. So you can reach out to me on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Adam Rip. And on Twitter, I'm at Adam Ripon. Danielle, where can people find you so that they can send you a message <laughs> that you're going to screenshot? <laughs> Please send me all of your screenshotable DMs to at <laughs> RapsoDanny on Twitter and at the Danielle Young on Instagram. And I promise you, I will read and share them with the world. Oh, yeah. Please he let will. us know every time you can. What you mm-hmm. won't normalize, because honestly, it wouldn't be a show without you. Exactly. Truthfully, that's it for now. I'm so sad. I know. I know you're sad too. It it makes me. It just pains me to end these episodes. But I know we gonna see y'all next time. I'll normalize mm-hmm. this, and until then, take your bird bath. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't take the full bath, no bird bath. I'm gonna bird bath it right bird now. Bird bath it, but just know you're not taking a real bath. Right, I know. I know. Just, just, <laughs> just a bath enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bye, everybody. Mm. I'm off to my bird bath. <laughs>
And I'm going to be in the confessional booth waiting for you all. Bye. Hey, listeners, we want to hear from you. Make sure you're following at Make Spring Hill on all platforms for weekly show updates.